0: Amused Boosh is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network. Listen to your city at Queen City Podcast Network.com.
1: Hello everyone, my name is Jen. My name is Abby. And this is Amused Amuse Boosh. Today we have a very, very special guest so with special. us. I think she's our cool big sister. I think so. I don't Maybe. know, it's, it's just happened. a hunch. It's but happened.
0: Please adopt me. Yay! Oh my God, it's done, it's
1: done already. Uh, please welcome to the studio, Sarah Guterbach sake sarah a a wine and sake educator who we stumbled across via the instagram cycle of following a bunch of restaurants that we love and making connections with people that share similar interests thank goodness for social
0: media thank you
1: so much for being willing to be here and be a guinea pig for us
0: it is such an honor to be here thank you
1: uh, you've turned into a little mini fan, it
0: turns out. Oh, I have binged, binged the entire series at this point. So yeah.
1: Uh, and so she's sent people to our social pages. Yeah. I feel like she's on our payroll already. I,
0: so. <laughs> I mean,
2: I, to have someone on staff who can just always pair the appropriate sake or wine
1: or whatever. This is the dream, Abby. This is it. This is, just, is what we've been I working I want to take for. a moment and make eye contact with you and just mm-hmm. let you know. I'm really proud of us. I am too. That we I'm going to touch Did our you, fingers okay. together. Oh my God, your hands are so Yours cold. Yours are so warm. I don't I know don't, what's going on. I'm <laughs> very excited right now. That happens sometimes. <laughs> Normally they're frozen. Okay. Um, but Sarah, uh, we're super jazzed that you're here. It, our listeners cannot see it, but we have a beautiful array of bottles on the table that you have brought graciously for us to experiment with. And I think it's fair to note that maybe you heard us referencing some sake <laughs> in a certain episode. Maybe. <laughs> Yeah, um, I got
0: very excited to speak to you. <laughs> You're like, I these, these have... girls need some learning.
1: <laughs> I see so much potential in them, but, that's one um, way
0: to put it. Right,
1: yeah, but but Sarah, so for the for the listeners that don't know your background, we we've, we've had the pleasure of meeting you um briefly, uh but give us a little bit of your story. I mean, how did you get involved in the food and wine industry, and, and how did you end up as Sake Sarah? Yeah,
0: so it's kind of an interesting story. Um, I grew up in Virginia, uh, but my mom was a Japanese specialist. And so uh, my father, who's a professor at UVA, uh, got a Fulbright for the family to move to Japan. Oh, wow. um, he was a, became a visiting professor at the University of Tokyo. Wow. Um, the interesting twist to the story is that um, my parents got divorced before we left. So oh, I actually dang. moved to Japan with my dad. Oh, wow. Um, you so, chose a side. <laughs> I, mm, that's for another podcast, <laughs> a therapy fair. podcast. Yeah, we can talk it. later. Um, but anyway. <laughs> after the sake. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. We'll
2: get it after.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but basically, uh, I lived for 10 months uh, in Tokyo. And you know, I'd studied Japanese before I went. Um, it was an incredibly How life. How old were you at the time? If you I was mind. in high school. So okay. yeah, I was there for a part of my, ninth and part of my 10th grade years. Mm. And, um, you know, being there, being immersed, um, you know, Tokyo is a very safe city. And so it was really interesting to be able to kind of have the run of the city um, with my friends. Um, You might have maybe been able to buy sake out of a vending machine okay. on the way to school <laughs> oh alright this is uh, an uh, AM neither nor deny. I really not know anything about that <laughs> um, but uh, yeah so this was this amazing life changing experience for me um, I you know came back and um, ended up sort of becoming an artist going to art school uh, and I have a beautiful daughter who is uh, 23 years old and uh, was a bit of a surprise <gasps> so I had this um, sort of time that I was working 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 in the wine industry, um, as actually working in the restaurant industry, uh, managing beverage programs. Um, And she was very little, and I didn't want to be kind of closing a restaurant at 2 o'clock in the morning anymore. Uh, So I had made friends with one of my wine reps, and this was back in Richmond, Virginia. So she, um, you know, invited me to join the company. I got involved, and that's sort of how I started getting into wine. Um, I also have my stepmother to thank for my love of wine and my family, you know. So I have a European family, so there's always sort of wine at the table, like special occasions, especially like Thanksgiving. I remember being seven and trying wine. Um, See, I'm European, Abby. That's right. Thank That's you. What it is. <laughs> yes. There's a word for that. Everything explained. Um. <laughs> um. <laughs> anyway, so uh, yeah, my stepmother had lived in Australia at one point, and she brought some wines back. And I think when I was like 19 years old, I had my first real mov- mo- moment where like everything stopped Ooh. when I try to wine. Like, I legit think I grew small and fell into the glass like Alice in Wonderland. Oh my God, <laughs> like I I, I mean, it literally felt like everything went into slow motion. Um, so that was sort of my love of wine and getting into the wine and food industry and getting into distribution. And eventually I got to this place where I needed to know more about wine than I just love it, right? So right. Um, I started doing certifications. So I, you already commented, I do have a lot of letters my uh, name. I do That's have a lot of letters. We'll post them for you, dear listeners. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot. I like to joke around that if you mix them up, they just spell cork dork. (laughs) Uh, I love it. Um, But yeah, so I um, am a... Uh, certified sommelier through the court. Uh, I am a uh, certified wine educator through the Society of Wine Educators. I have my diploma in wine and spirits through the Wine and Spirits Education Trust. And I'm also a certified educator for the Wine and Spirits Education Trust. Uh, and then um, I am an advanced uh, sake professional, uh, which is on John Gottner's course. He's the sake evangelist. He is um, one of the most famous uh, sake educators uh, in the world. Um, he lives part-time in the US and part-time in Japan, has incredible relationships. And um, he does sort of a beginner course that you can take in the United States, but the advanced course you have to go to Japan um, to study. Um, And then um, I am a, what's called a um, kikisakeshi, which is a Japanese term for being a a sake sommelier. Uh, That's through uh, the Sake Service Institute of Japan. I'm also an educator for that program. And then uh, the bigger one more recently is having become, getting a diploma uh, in sake through the Japan Sake, uh, sorry, the, the Japan Sommelier Association Association. So that exam was first offered in the United States, um, a couple years ago before COVID. Uh, and I think there were about like 19 people who tried and only four of us who passed. Mm-hmm. So, and I now have, I know now I'm a part of teaching that program. It's yeah. one of the so- most difficult exams I've ever taken. It's really, really intense. So, um, so yeah, I basically, I got into wine, I became a major cork dork and then, uh, in my distributor side and being in the wine industry, I ended up having a chance to sort of adopt a sake portfolio here in North Carolina and help to distribute that. That got me connected in you know to sake school of America and to all these things. And I now work for a major importer uh, with. Hundreds of incredible sake's.
2: You know nope. what I, I love about this is that you've really come full circle with your experience because you started in Japan yeah. and then when you moved back, started getting interested in, in wine gen- generally and then kind of brought yourself back around yeah. to, to Japan again.
0: It's really been a special thing to sort of link my passions, you know. So, yeah, I, it, it's been very special to me to be. Uh, and, and, and was also a very small industry at this point still. So there's a lot of um, you know people becoming more and more interested in sake. It's one of the fastest growing beverage categories in the U.S. right now, uh, which I think is fascinating to a lot of people. But we're really seeing tremendous growth, and um, to be sort of on the cusp of that wave is really cool. So
1: I'm going to ask a fairly blunt question and just call it out here. You are a white woman in North Carolina that has all of these letters behind her name about sock in your certified X, Y, and Z. How, what was that experience like? Is that, is there a, a barrier to entry there for, you know, anybody who's not of Japanese heritage, you know, talk, talk to me about what that process
0: was like. Yeah. So it's very interesting. I do work for a very Japanese company. Um, um, Tokyo Kyodo Boeki. Cool. Um, cool. 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 <laughs> um, it, basically a big, uh, company that uh, exports particularly goods for chefs and kitchens uh, and amazing Japanese ingredients and, of course, beverages um, around the world. Uh, So, you know, there was a major adjustment period for me in some ways, um, but I think I was kind of lucky that I lived in Japan, so I really learned um, a lot of Japanese mannerisms. Um, I do speak fairly, you know, acceptable Japanese. Um, I joke around that my voice goes up about 10 octaves when I speak Japanese, like a Japanese schoolgirl. <laughs> uh, Do you want um, us to call that out when it happens? We <laughs> have a bell. Too. That's right. <laughs> yes. It's, it's honestly, I feel it every time. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I've been very lucky. Um, I worked, uh, it's called arubaito, like a, a part-time job when I was in Japan, um, and really learned a lot about sort of the ideas of respect and sort of mm-hmm. how to behave Um uh, again, more stories there for another, yep, another yeah. time. Uh, but yeah, I, so for me, uh, I think what's been great, though, is that the people who run my company are very progressive. We actually, the, the director on the East Coast is a woman. Uh, she's fantastic, Ami Nakanishi. And she is really cheerleading for uh, like the, the Japanese beverage specialist team for New York Mutual Trading Company, you know we are an American team, and you know we're always the ones who talk in the meetings Mm -hmm. and disrupt on Zoom. You know, like (laughs) we're like like hi American here. You know, (laughs) let's Um, just get that out of the way, guys. (laughs) We are going to comment and say stuff, uh, but uh, at the same time, uh, to also know like at the times when you're just sort of supposed to be sort of quiet and listen and, um, and the respect and, you know, who, who do you really need to sort of, you know, bow to a certain level at, you mm-hmm. know, yeah. um, and interesting Japanese has sort of several different hierarchies in, in, you know, how it's spoken. Right. So among friends, you know, I might just say, domo, domo, and like, thank you. Thank you. You know, you might, or just arigato is like very easy, you know, but if I'm like being extremely polite, it, it's like, you know, like, it's this, like, really long... That was the 20% yeah, I, was, yeah, I heard yeah, it, I heard, I heard it, it. Yeah, so having a, a bit of a command of how to u- utilize language and mm-hmm. culture, um, I, I think, has helped me. Um, yeah. That's neat. Yeah. I, before we get any further,
2: I think we would be doing a disservice to, to some of our listeners because, you know, you've heard me on this podcast and how, you know, new to... Libations. I am generally speaking, so there may be people on this you know episode listening that don't know what sake is, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So what is sake?
0: So sake is the national beverage of Japan, and it is an alcoholic beverage that is made from rice. Mm. Uh, some people like to call it rice wine. Some people call it rice beer, uh, and I always like to clarify that it's neither one. Neither. What is it? Is it a fermented? It? It alcohol? Is, it is a fermented alcohol. Uh, so, you know, when you look at a, at a beverage list in a restaurant, you'll notice that you have a section for wine and you have a section for beer and you generally have a section for spirits. And this has to do with the fact that they're all made in different ways. Um, wine is really one of the easiest alcohols to make because you have these little berries called grapes, yeah. right? And I've heard I'm familiar. of those. Yeah. My favorite. <laughs> they're little, little, little pouches that have Are eighty percent water, right? So And twenty
1: percent love. Yes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The the water is a solution for alcohol um, beverage conversion to happen, right? The, for the yeah. uh, fermentation to happen. Uh, they are filled with fermentable sugar, right? So what I mean by that is they, it, they when you taste grapes, they taste sweet, right? Mm-hmm. So those molecules of glucose and fructose are small enough for you to feel and taste on your palate, mm-hmm. right? They're also filled with acid, um, which keeps other microorganisms at bay, right? So that really yeast can, one of the few microorganisms that can thrive in an acidic condition. So essentially, if you harvest a bunch of grapes, you can kind of crush them up and they'll just start fermenting pretty quick. Um, if you crush up a bunch of rice, it's not going to do anything, right? Um, it, it might keep it, your iPhone alive. <laughs> that's right. Just that. for a little while. <laughs> exactly. Shove it down there, plastic bag, 48 hours. Uh, anyway. So um, you know, with rice, and, and you know, again, same thing is true for beer, you know, we have to convert the complex carbohydrate, the starch that's in this grain. Into a fermentable sugar. Um, the way that's done for beer is that they take this barley and uh, they trick it into thinking it's going to grow into a little barley oh, plant, so it's just like I'm up I'm gonna germinate. And then <laughs> yes, nothing. it's like I'm about to germinate. I'm gonna. I'm gonna create my own little diastic enzymes and I'm going to digest my own starch and I'm going to use that energy until I can pop out of the ground and make green parts. And then I can harness the power of the sun and photosynthesize. <laughs> Thank right? God
1: they don't have eyes. Oh God. <laughs> so sorry, the little germinated thing.
0: Right. So just at the time that it germinates, we're like, sorry, you're going to be beer. Right. So we, we cook it right. And then those levels of toast can affect the flavors of the beer, like how dark the color of the beer is. Um, and, you know, they, so they, what they do is then they take this, you know, toasted malted barley and, uh, they put it in water. They take it to a certain temperature. It's called a strike point. And basically there's a conversion at that point that then releases sort of makes these enzymes react with the starch and releases sugar. And you end up with a sweet solution. You then add yeast on top and the yeast will eat the sugar and make alcohol, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. Yes. Um, the the reason I'm explaining it in this detail is because I want you to understand that, so that this is like a two-step process, right? So you're converting the starch into sugar first. Mm-hmm. You then add the yeast, and then the beer will ferment up to the amount of alcohol that it can based on the amount of sugar that's in that solution. So the average beer's ABV is about 6%. Mm-hmm. Um, it goes up, you know, but when you think about it, a lot of times it goes up because they've added things yeah. to it that are sugar sources – that make it a higher gravity beer, right? Right.
1: I enjoy the beers that are like s'mores. And mm, it's like yeah. they've added some more. They literally <laughs> put s'mores inside. Yeah. They literally yeah. put sugar in it.
0: And uh, it's 10% alcohol. That's <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. So with sake, where it becomes really interesting, and it actually took me a little while to fully like, grasp. Um, so r- rice is a grain. So technically, you could, you might think, germinate the rice hmm. and do the same thing to make sake. Rice beer. But there's a little problem with that, and that is that the rice that's used to make sake has been polished before it's used to make sake. They actually polish off all these outer layers of the rice that includes the germ. Mm -hmm. It includes the part that would actually germinate. So if you were to put this polished rice in an environment and try to make it germinate, it would just sort of sit there and be wet and not do anything, Mm -hmm. right? So they've all been there. (laughs) (laughs) They had to think of another way to germinate or how to, you know, to break down the starch. So, what they do is they introduce a second uh, uh, microorganism called koji. And koji is in the mold family, just like yeast. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, in a nutshell, to make it sort of simple, um, they've got this polished rice. Um, They They wash it, they soak it, um, they steam it, and they take a portion of this rice and they put it in a separate room where they then inoculate it with this koji. And it takes about 48 hours of meticulous work for them to allow this mold to germinate just right on this rice. And it basically says, oh, rice, you have this really nice little starchy center. I can burrow down into that and I can break down the starch into glucose. Mm. I can use your energy source for me to live on. It's symbiosis. It is. And at just the right point we say to the mold, cause we don't want this to taste moldy. We don't want it to like go to spore. We, we stop the growth process. We leave this sort of active though with these enzymes and ultimately what ends up happening is you sort of build a tank with a yeast starter and rice and water and then this koji rice, right? And you have what's called multiple parallel fermentation where basically the enzymes from the koji are actively breaking down the starch in the rice into fermentable sugar at the same time that the yeast is eating it and turning it into alcohol. So two microorganisms are working in parallel Te- exactly, symbi- it's a symbiotic relationship. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm learning so much right now. I know. My <laughs> brain's going to explode. <laughs> and the coolest part about it is that, uh, you know, these very specialized yeasts to make sake. Uh, and because they never run out of food, right, the sake can actually ferment up to over 20% alcohol oh, by itself. It's the oh, highest, that- yeah, it's one of the highest levels of alcohol that can be achieved in a natural fermentation without. Any distillation, we say that's like almost champions. hooch, but it's not. Holy shit. <laughs> right. like, that's oh oh that is so cool. Yeah,
1: it's man, and this is how I'm. This is clear now. Why you have all these letters behind your name? Because you're so excited talking yes. about this that I'm on the edge of my seat. Like, like what happens next? What do, do when what they do? What do you mean? It? There's another mold that goes <laughs> in there.
0: And here I'm going like nerd alert, nerd alert. Oh my god! But this is. <laughs>
1: But when people are passionate and and know so much about what they do and the things that they're surrounded, like it's yeah, infectious. It is in a really good way, not like a COVIDy way, but like but <laughs> It's yeah. It makes me want to be interested in it. Um. So yeah,
0: that's fascinating. So cool. yeah, there's yeah. a
1: there's the short answer to what the fuck is sake? Even? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's, it's
0: no, there is no Reader's Digest version for answers on this. So I know it's a yeah. bit of a much thing to say, but no, it's a you know thing. what?
2: What's so cool about this to me is is hearing all that detail because. I've I have, the, my favorite channel on TV is called NHK News. Oh, are you yeah. familiar with oh, that? Yeah, yeah, very much. So, so much. I love NHK News. It's a it's like Japanese news for people in America. Mm-hmm. So like if you are a Japanese person and you're living in America or whatever connection that you have, mm-hmm. and it's all these amazing like human interest stories based in Japan and like culture and arts and food. And like I remember watching an episode all about sake. And i have like, while you're describing how they add the, the mold and stuff like that, I'm I'm envisioning in my head like this beautiful like wooden room that they big like warehouse looking it's called thing called yeah, yeah and they're like working the it room. With, yeah mm-hmm. they're working the rice in like these g- giant like wooden barrel looking vat mm-hmm. cut open mm-hmm. yeah
0: hangiri they're called hangiri that's so
2: awesome like, yeah. look at this it's full everything. circle
0: yeah. no it is it's really neat and i you know so and i'm like and again it's interesting i think to put it in perspective because i'd like people to understand you know the work that goes into making these beverages so like you know you had um the distillery on a few episodes back yes. right yeah. um and you know they were talking about how you know the 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 still doesn't make the alcohol, right? right. It, it concentrates the alcohol. So it's so sort of like, where does the alcohol come from? You know, wine is, again, grapes, you crush them up. It's all the things are right there. You know, the, that to me is like that proof that God loves us and wants yeah. us to be happy, right? Like yes. Ben Franklin, I think, said that. <laughs> um, you know, beer, again, takes these sort of multiple steps. Um, you know, but ultimately you have to find a way to break down starch, you know, because yeasts are very small and starch are big, molecules. Um, I think it's interesting that if you taste that koji rice, if you taste the rice after it's been, you know, to that point, it tastes sweet. Hmm. So you actually can really notice, oh wow, yeah, there's a sweet taste to it. You can, you know, the yeast will be able to eat that. So it's kind of neat to sort of think about it as its own unique beverage uh, category. That is
2: That is so awesome now because just from the start of this you know, we've had a whole new understanding, like, I did not know it really should be on its own little section on, on a menu because it is so different.
1: Well, and the same thing that I am not a bourbon whiskey drinker, as you learned in that episode, <laughs> but the more you learn about something, the more you appreciate it. And I think the more accessible it is. Yeah. So mm-hmm. given that our market here in Charlotte is probably not on a general basis, and maybe you can speak to this a little bit, given that this is your sort of uh, business, is educating mm-hmm. folks. Mm-hmm.
0: I, I want to get think, educated. Yeah,
1: please help us. I, I don't think that the general person here in Charlotte or nearby would have any sort of clue what it is. I mean, we're just asking what is it compared to wine
0: and beer. That's but that stuff made from rice, it's right? Made it's made from rice. rice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: But that's fascinating that I think, again, the more you can learn about something, the more you open up
0: people's appetite to it. And I mean, people are really interested in it. Um, You know, we have, I think, sort of social media in many ways to thank for, you know, everyone's sort of in a rush to post like, oh, the cool thing I drank. Mm. But what I will say that I think is really important about sake Because, you know, we've just had this big boom in seltzers, right? So, you know, and um, it's kind of like... Some alcohol. That's what I call it. Can we be done with it now? Some alcohol. They're they're kind of on the decline a little bit, you know. And so I I like to sort of put it in perspective that to me, um, sake should not be viewed in the same lens. It's not Mm. another alternative beverage, Mm. if that makes sense. Um, Sake has been, you know, drunk for couple thousand years in japan obviously that's got this tremendous history it's very regional sake is actually quite expensive um when you compare the price of these bottles in front of you to same size bottles of wine for a restaurant things you might pour by the glass um you know ounce brown sea sakes are you know a lot more expensive than the average you know wine that you would find on a by the glass list Mm. uh and uh they are meant to be enjoyed like a fine wine. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why we have wine glasses in front of us. In fact, I'm getting kind of thirsty. <gasps> oh, yeah. I know about you guys, uh, so we definitely do. are I've been talking a lot. Yeah, like let's. We're uh, parched. Let's, let's parched. shut up. <laughs> let's. Um, like, actually, what I think we really should do is um, have a toast. Okay, right? let's do it. So um, when we when we cheers uh, in. In Japan, we say kanpai. 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 Yep. So we'll start with our left glass, if you guys don't mind. Yep. So Here we go. Just a quick kanpai. 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 <laughs> We're our first sake here. And this is a style that I like to call magical water. Yeah. I can with feel With alcohol that. in it. I can feel that. <laughs> Which one is this one? So this is the Kubota Manju. Uh, it is actually one of the most uh, famous sakes uh, in Japan. Um, we call it 10,000 Dreams. 10, and dreams. the reason uh, why it's called Manju, so um, there was a time when 10,000 yen was the highest form of currency uh, in Japan. Uh, and the brewery... Uh, uh, Asahi Shuzo, which is uh, located in Niigata, Japan, developed this sake and they wanted it to be like their pinnacle, right? Mm-hmm. So they used this man, the 10,000 sort of idea as the highest form of currency uh, to name this sake manju. So uh, 10,000 dreams is the English name that we give it. Uh, this story here is that there was a period of time uh, in the 80s, what was called the ginjo boom in Japan, where the um, Sake is made with more highly polished rice became more and more popular. And um, what was happening is that the more you polish the rice, the more of the outer sort of layers you take away, um, you take away things like proteins and vitamins and minerals, fatty acids, things that when they're in the brew can sort of. Make it a bit funky.
2: Like when you have right. like minerals in your water and it's like changing your water flavor.
0: Yeah, mm. I think that's a really good way to put it. But on top of that, the minerals actually um, invigorate the yeast. So yeast actually need nutrients beyond sugar to be active. So if you have a lot of those, you know, things in the sake, um, the yeast get even more excited and they really work quickly. So you don't get sort of the same complexity that you would get out of a longer fermentation at a colder temperature where this. Yeast are sort of struggling a little Mm -hmm. bit more. Um, So, you know, there's actually a tremendous amount that goes into making this sake so clean and delicate. Um, It comes from Niigata, which is one of the most snowy regions of Japan. It's made with snow melt. And uh, yeah, and they have to use tremendous hygiene, uh, very specific, select yeast, uh, and, um, you know, very soft water in order to make this sake tastes this way they also use a special rice variety uh, which is fairly neutral in its flavor Mm. so this is a challenge that they have to make this sake have what's called a kire finish it means pristine so that's the word
2: i was going to ask you jen like how would you describe this because magical water is it obviously but like i can taste the word pristine in there yeah
1: i mean if i had to use like the language that i would use if i'm drinking like a white wine i would say crisp
0: Yes, yeah. it's very it's crisp. very crisp, mm-hmm. and that crispness is actually a signature of nigata. So we're seeing also just like in the wine industry, where certain regions are famous for wine, um, s- regions of Japan are becoming more and more well known for their specific mm-hmm. styles. So I want to compare this to the other glass okay. that we have because both of these sakes are the same grade, um, and so you notice, you know, we smelled the first one; it's really shy, doesn't have a very Ooh, very strong like <laughs> apples. Yeah, the second one is very opulent, right? Yeah. So the cool thing here was that these are two sakes of the same grade. Wow. Whoa. Holy this
1: crap. Is a, this is a me one. This is a me one. It mm-hmm. has that like creamy mouthfeel. Yeah. It really does. It's I love a gross buttery Chardonnay. Yes. This well, is I actually, this is the one that I
0: recommend with lobster all the time. <laughs> yes. Oh, I can yes. Just, like, see just that. like that. Yeah. So. Um so this is from a a, a brewery called Bourne. Um and they are uh, or, called, called Bourne. Yeah, so they're breweries. Okay. Yeah, it's actually confusing because the, the the breweries um are not always the name the same name as the as the brand. Mm-hmm. So I I tend to sort of refer as the brand as the brewery just to kind of make it simpler. Sure. That's fair. So there's actually a sort of a different name for the mm-hmm. brewery name here, but um Bourne is their most famous brand. Um Both of these sakes are what we call junmai daiginjo sakes. They're the highest grade of sake. Uh, Mm. I like to emphasize when I started us high. I did. (laughs) But I I do like to emphasize that the grades um, really have more to do with the style and not necessarily quality. So there are plenty of sakes that are lower grades that are outstanding quality. Mm -hmm. And you always have to sort of bear that in mind. Um, But this sake is made uh, with a different rice. It's a rice called Yamada Nishiki, which is sort of the king of sake rices. It tends to be really showy, right? So that first sake that we had is made with a rice called Gohyaku Mangoku, which is very, very shy. Um, And then, you know, Yamada Nishiki is kind of like that cheerleader in school. He's like, hi, oh my God, <laughs> let's go to prom. Uh, you know? Stupid sexy rice. <laughs> you sexy rice, Pull your skirt down. Exactly, 100. <laughs> so yeah, she's, she's very excitable. Um, she wears a lot of perfume, right? So it's yeah, lots of like got that. flowers and fruit, lots of uh, lychee and lilies. Yeah. And then the, the apple note, absolutely. Um, even a little bit of that kind of pretty... Um, banana character? I don't know if yeah. you saw Oh, yeah. you know what? Yes. Note. Yes, yeah. definitely. Yeah. yeah. So there's a term for this. It's called ginjo-ka, the aroma of ginjo sake, uh, which means um, it's the aroma of specialized brewing. Mm. Uh, and so here they're using modern yeast and they're using cold temperatures and they're purposefully amping up this fruity floral character in the sake. So... I wanted to start you off here because I felt like when you had these two side by side, firstly, they're, they're, they're dramatically different, even though they're, they're the same grade. Um, but they're also the two sakes that to me seem to change people's lives the most. So some people really like that clean, like, oh my gosh, you're right. It's like magical water. I mean, if I told you that the first sake is fifteen and a half percent alcohol, would you believe me? Not when I was on the floor passed out. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, and it's, you know, about the same 15% in sake yeah. number 2 um but it's definitely a much more sort of it's um,
1: mellow you mm-hmm. would never know
0: you would never know that that manju is that alcoholic that is so fantastic
2: like again i was a little i'm always a little nervous when i go to a place where they're like we're going to take you through a tasting because most often i like let it touch my lips like mm, thank you and then that i'm done right but like both of these i'm like I, the, the gold is my, my favorite out of the two that I'm tasting here, but I really like that both of them, neither of them made me go like I do in so many, um, tastings of things. So we'll get there.
1: I'm sure we'll get there. (laughs) But like we're used to with other beverages, like you could see each one of them being better with a different meal. Right.
0: So the manju is, um, with its delicacy is a fantastic, uh, sake with traditional sushi and sashimi. Um, it goes beautifully with more delicate fare. Mm. Um, it's actually awesome also with like tempura so like lightly yeah. fried oh, yeah. foods yeah um the goal though because it's a bit more boisterous um i actually like kind of like it more of almost modern tricked out sushi but i was gonna say this is also a sake that can stand up to things like um salads with you know fruit on them and chicken marinated yes. um you know uh, if you were to grill out on a summer's day that refreshing lighter fare
1: remember summer remember
2: summer it seems so
0: far away (laughs) it's going to be 70 degrees tomorrow we'll be fine uh,
2: who's grilling out tomorrow I guess we are I am (laughs) I'll be bringing this along
0: cool so yeah so these are the first two again and they are um, the higher grades and I just want to sort of start you there and then we're going to get a little more funky moving all right let's do it
1: quick save the date for you guys. Something really cool coming up in Charlotte is the Charlotte Wine and Food Week. That's April 26th through May 1st of this year. Visit charlottewineandfood.org to find out what's going on. Abby and I will be there at the Grand Tasting, but they've got all sorts of things going on, and it's all for an incredible cause. Check out their website again, charlottewineandfood.org. Read about the charities, sign up for events when those tickets go on sale, and we'll see you there. If you think or know you had COVID-19, you can be around others after 10 days since symptoms first appeared, and after 24 hours with no fever without fever-reducing medication, and after other symptoms have improved. If you have tested positive for COVID-19 and you had no symptoms, you can be around others 10 days after you got tested for COVID-19. To learn more, visit cdc.gov coronavirus. That really wanna get started in even just knowing how to, you know, intelligently order something
0: at a restaurant in Charlotte, where can they start? Yeah. So um the first thing I always like to remind people, one of my favorite quotes in the industry, um, is the only thing you have to lose by opening a bottle is boredom. Mm. Oh. this is, a, this, oh. is a, this is a, a, a quote from Marguerite Mandavi, um who was the second wife of Robert Mandavi. Yeah. Um and you know, I I think, you know, first of all, the best thing you can do for yourself is to taste as much as you can, yeah. you know, to get out there, get curious, you know, get weird, you know, and, 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 and just enjoy yourself. Um, I think some people are, like, worried, like, oh, my God, like, what if I don't like it? Well did you die? No. <laughs> You're all, I mean, hopefully you don't have a terrible allergy. You're right. fine. Um, but there are uh, some amazing resources here for learning. So, you know, we're very blessed to have uh, Johnson and Wales University here. Um, yeah. So people who want to learn more about wine, you know, they offer classes. I highly recommend that. I personally am connected with Sake School of America. Yes, nice. that's a real thing. Zing, zing. So you can, um, it's very easy, sakeschoolofamerica.com. You can go and check it out. Um, we have, um, we do um, brewery tours, live seminars. um most everything is virtual right now but you know if you want to you know get a you know fancy paper and a pen and some letters after your name and call yourself a cork dork like me uh, you can uh you know check that out online um and then you know there's of course just you know i mean good old-fashioned google there's lots of wonderful websites out there that you can learn about um my company has a really great website with lots of information about all the sakes that we import um, it's mtcsake.com and I think that's important you know if, if you're someone out there that's listening and you are maybe running a restaurant or beverage program and you're interested in adding sake to your program you know please check us out online because you know we have got just an incredible portfolio and all of our items are imported into, or sorry, distributed in North Carolina uh, by Johnson Brothers Mutual Distributing Company, which is uh, one of the, you know, largest and really best, in my opinion, uh, you know, distributors in North Carolina. They've got an incredibly diverse portfolio of wines and really the largest selection of sakes. And uh, my, my portfolio gets to be a part of that, so that's yeah. pretty cool. And it yeah. seems like
1: you've you've mentioned a couple of places that. That you've spoken with that are that are not traditionally Asian restaurants, that are adding this to their menus and, and really diversifying what they're offering. What are some of the places that, that you can name drop here for us that we can check it
0: out? Yeah, so just some shout outs, right? Yeah. Like, so, I mean, so first of all, I think it's really important to note that sake has been embraced by the Court of Master Sommeliers. So you have to know about sake if you want to become a Psalm. Um There's a whole program with the Wine and Spirits Education Trust um, you know, that I also educate for them as well. And, uh, you know, the idea that these... Amazing governing bodies, right? So, Psalms, the Institute of Masters of Wine, they are into and fascinated by sake. This is is another reason why we sort of note that sake is not just another alternative mev- alternative mm-hmm. beverage. And we're seeing uh, restaurants that are sort of drawing outside the lines of traditional Asian, adding these to their menus. So, uh, for instance, um, Mariposa recently opened with three sakes on their menu. Mm-hmm. Um, Para just opened yeah. with five sakes yeah. on their menu, uh, and Counter, which is you know sort of the talk of everybody, we'll there in a month. And a half. Yes, I, I have. I heard from Sam. You guys are talking <laughs> yeah. to him. Oh my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> super, super cool. Um, Sam actually um, has so far uh, ordered over nine sakes. He's putting a whole page in his menu. Like it's all a part of the you know, food pairing stuff going on there. So you know, it's, it's a it's a pretty cool thing. Um, Bardo has had sakes uh, for their food pairing. So. You know, we're seeing more and more places who really, if if you're a restaurant that has a, you know, sort of up to to date type of wine program, a sommelier led program, generally people are adding even just one sake on the menu is diversifying. Um, It's kind of cool too, because a lot of people maybe who have problems with certain things with wine, like maybe they find wine too bitter or too acidic. Oh, that's me. Yeah. Hi. Uh They actually really (laughs) often very much love sake I and can sake attest. can be so great with food so yeah we're seeing a lot more places that are doing that and uh i think it's a really neat trend and that we just expect it to continue to grow
2: yeah that's i mean awesome. i can say for myself that we have just tried six sakes two of which were also warm so eight theoretically yeah. at that point point. and there's not a
1: single one i did not enjoy yes, and exciting. i would never have expected that she that. normally makes when something is too like alcoholic for her, she go. Ngah. We haven't heard <laughs> I that <physically>, at all. <laughs> I physically recoil. My whole body shakes. It it's not even like she's trying to be rude. It's that she physically cannot. I help cannot. It. Yeah, yeah, I literally it's cannot. It's visceral. Yeah, yeah it is.
2: I get it. Yeah. I can't. But there's, there's it's gonna like be an episode a, coming up. It's like a baby
1: tasting a lemon. You're
2: yeah. Like, we'll
0: go. I just, I never got out of that. I just
2: kept that infantile part well, of me. I'm, what
0: I love about you ladies too, is that you're not afraid to be real. I mean, I've heard you guys say, you know, yeah, I don't like that, you know, and, yeah. I, and I mean, we have to be real, you know? And so sure. I, I, mean, I, I take it as genuine that you've enjoyed everything. So that Absolutely. makes me very happy. Absolutely. Well, yeah, and we're real. And also I think it's important for, you know, we have no,
1: no skin in any of this game really, right. other than just enjoying things ourselves and being honest about what we're experiencing. And I think, you know, we're honest about when a restaurant asks us to come in and try something on the house, right? That's yeah. part of the experience, but we're still going to be fair about it and yeah. say there are certain pros and cons, and we, we want everybody to understand that we're still just ourselves going yeah. into I it. I mean, that's so. why you
0: asked us, right? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> you know. I, I did also, just before we run out of time, wanted to mention, so you were talking about sort of how, you know, like what is the Charlotte scene like, right, yeah. with sake and like maybe the average consumer. Um, you know, there's actually been a really amazing culture with sake in North Carolina and in Charlotte for a long time. Uh, mm. So I would be remiss not to shout out. Uh, so Birdie Yang, uh, who runs uh, Baku and Yama, mm-hmm. Yama yeah. Izakaya. He actually, he had Yama Izakaya for a while here, yep. um, close to here. Um, but uh, Yama Waverly, and he's actually, I think, got some new projects coming soon. There's been a bit of a chatter about yeah. that. You know, he was really my first uh, mentor here. Uh, when I first started to get into sake, one of my greatest concerns was my ability to evaluate quality. So every single thing that I brought in to North Carolina, I would bring to him first and be like, hey, what do you think of this? I need to calibrate my palette Mm. to understand, like, is it worth it for the money? Is this a classic example of this style? Like, what do I need to know? And he was sort of the one that really kind of got me sort of, more excited to further my education. Mm. Uh, and you know, he's, he's a really amazing man. He's extremely humble. Um, he has amazing connections in the wine uh, world here as well. Uh, so, you know, if you don't know Birdie, you've not been to Yama, you know, or one of his restaurants, I definitely recommend it. Baku has got an extensive sake list and he's got wonderful people who work there who get great service and really, really, uh, amazing recommendations, Robata type stuff. Yeah. Um, also, you know, when you start, I, I, my, my nickname for South End is Little Asia at this point. <laughs> so I think most of your listeners are probably pretty familiar. Like yeah. you basically have like about a, a half mile radius of, I mean, so many places there. And one of the first uh, places to pop up, though, uh, was Fuda Buddha, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, and uh, Chef Shortino there, I think, was... Uh, An example of this type of, you know, American chef who is embracing Japanese food and recognized the ability to make a list that was almost all about sake. Like, they don't have a spirits license and they only have a handful of wines. Like, when you no. go there, it is all about the sake. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, you guys kind of found out about me because I did a staff training yeah. there. We go way back. Um, they actually also have Lincoln's Haberdashery there, yeah. which is a place that you can go and buy sake. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, there's a, uh, you know, this is another question I get is like, where can I buy sake? And yeah. I wish I had easy answers for that. Um, <laughs> I have a handful of places I can recommend now. So. Well, that's valuable
1: information. So, Lincoln's Hab- Haberdashery. Lincoln's Haberdashery yeah, so other, that's right in
0: South End. Yeah, yeah. So the first place I always recommend to people is, you know, to, ask your local wine shop. So if you have a relationship at a local wine shop, they can order any sake for you that you want. Um, that being said, obviously, there's some major Asian markets. I think I heard you guys talking about, like, even Super G Mart yeah. down on Independence. Yep. Um, and there's the new Asia market down in Stallings. They have big selections. Uh, Hatoya Mart, uh, which yep. is in Pineville. Hatoya, they have, I yeah. used to
2: go to because I lived right down the street. Yeah, I, was I was there, God. there all and the time. And they are also just the
0: nicest people. They are. Let me just say. Um, But I recognize most of those places are not, like, right in central, you know, Charlotte. So if you are in Charlotte, um, Common Market in Plaza, first of all, a van over there has, like, a whole, like – Sections, really? yeah, yeah, right. dedicated to sake. I mean, um, the hobbyist in Noda um, mm-hmm. is a big proponent, and actually, they also sell popcorn there, so you can get popcorn uh, and sake. Go. The <laughs> hobbyist, um, the assorted table uptown. Yes, um, we go there. Right yeah. And you guys, uh, just did an interview with Ormonds, and I've actually done a collaborative <gasps> sake and cheese pairing huh? class what? with Assorted Table <laughs> and Ormans. Oh, when was when? this,
2: and how did we not know <laughs> about I'm, it? Like, I
0: want to cry a little bit. All of When's our Next one. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure other. there will be another in the future. Yeah. But that is such it's, that whole everything going on there. Like if you haven't been to that area at 7th Street, like, it's oh, amazing. Just, like it just is amazing. They just migrated
1: so cool. to the bigger space. Yeah, I and know. I saw pictures of it on Instagram and it looks in. We need stain. to go celebrate. Yeah. It it is. Is. Get some raclette. Get some melted cheese
0: on your yep. body. Yeah. And so sake. lots of lots of really cool places around Charlotte that are getting into it as well. Awesome.
1: So. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, other than just around Charlotte where we can get sake. Where is sake Sarah going to be popping up? Anything mm-hmm. on your horizon where we might see
0: you? Yeah, so I'm going. Uh, so I'm actually going to be um, in Charleston for Charleston Ooh. Wine and Food. What's um, the so dates there? We might have to coordinate. Yeah, we're gonna make that <laughs> so work. So it's coming up. It's a uh, March second. Um, mm-hmm. So it's coming up, and I'm actually I'm doing a dinner. Uh, so. Maybe people are familiar uh, with Oku. We have an Oku Charlotte, yeah. so Oku in Charleston is uh, hosting me uh, for a dinner. There's another dinner that following Friday at a place called Sushiwa, and there's a, a big seminar. But if you want to stay in Charlotte, mm-hmm. there is a Charlotte Wine and Food Festival, and if you are not familiar, it is awesome. Cannot wait. Yeah. So I can't believe we haven't like had it on our radar till now. So yeah. Well, it's been going on for many, many years. It's uh, it's all for charity. They've um, b- b- pulled in millions of dollars for local children's charities. So um, it's on the April 29th. So, actually, the, the whole sort of that last week of April is when it happens. There's yeah. dinners, there's seminars, there's all kinds of fun stuff. But there's this big walkabout tasting on that Friday called their Grand Tasting event. And they have many, many different people pouring wines and different restaurants making food. So, uh, there's you can look for the Sake Sarah table, yeah. and I will be there and shaking hands and pouring sake for you. And we'll just be there waiting for you to That's pour correct. us another We'll one be like little we're baby not birds to just to waiting. pour ourselves. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Am I allowed to shout out two more things? Of course, I think really please. So first I'm only shouting out because I've been listening to your podcast and <laughs> I just felt like it was important. But, um, I, so I am best friends, uh, with the people who run the farmer's market in South end. Oh, and what? I've been listening to some of your chefs talking about, you know, how they go to the farmer's market. And I just thought it was really important to remind listeners that we have these amazing farmer's markets here in Charlotte that you can go to, um, They are um, doing incredible things. And what's really amazing about that particular farmer's market is that they are um, only really pulling in things from the area of North Carolina. Mm -hmm. So the big, big farmer's market that's out by the airport. Uh, Yeah. So in other words, if you go to a farmer's market in North Carolina and they have bananas – it's not, not local, not, not local. local. <laughs> right, exactly. So I just had to throw that out there. You know, it'd be, I, I think it's really interesting to listen to your podcast and to hear all the chefs talking about like the relationship that they have with the yeah. farmer. And I did this. You can have your own relationship yeah. with a farmer. Yeah. Right. Yes. That you was can. the one
1: in South End. It's it's near Atherton. Yes. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right at Atherton. Saturday mornings. I think. Saturday mornings. Yes. Awesome. And
0: uh, yeah, and they've got you know. Dozens of tents and just amazing purveyors, and they've been doing – it's just a really neat thing to go to. And awesome. I guess my point is, like, you can go to the farmer's market in the morning, and then you can go to Little Asia for lunch, yeah, yeah, do. done right? There. What are you doing Saturday? It's so walkable. I'll take it. My last thing, and I, I, I probably should have mentioned this before, um, but I, I, I just I, – I have a, a personal shout-out. Yeah, um, that's So right. I, I am Sake Sarah, um, but I am also a yoga teacher. Oh, I need to stretch. So my, my joke like is, like, describe. hashtag how I stay sexy and still eat so much. <laughs> you're in good you're company, really, Yeah, you really are. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so no, I, I just was going to throw out there for locals in Charlotte, if you're looking for a new yoga studio, QC Yoga. Yeah. Uh, we're yoga. in West Charlotte, and uh, we actually are doing occasionally uh, yoga and wine tastings. Oh, my God. This, uh, area, so. okay. this might be the barrier to entry that I have needed because, okay,
1: let me ask you this, and this is totally unrelated to food. I am so intimidated by yoga because I am very inflexible and I'm nervous. So I can like try a YouTube video and that's fine. No one has to watch. But like if I'm somebody who's brand new to it and super intimidated, what do you recommend? Like wh- how do I start? Sake. <laughs> <laughs> Take a shot of
0: sake. <laughs> so the first thing I always tell people is that, you don't need to be flexible to do yoga. Mm-hmm. You become flexible because you do yoga. Yeah. There you go.
2: Neil. There
1: you go.
0: It just sucks in the beginning though.
2: Well, <laughs> it doesn't have to. There are, and there's so many different kinds of yoga, like. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to do kundalini yoga. It was like my favorite because 30 minutes of it is like long stretching and like just staying in the same position for like seven minutes. And oh, then like sleeping. La- yeah. No, because then the last 30 minutes is nap time. Oh. Where you literally they got like blankets and pillows oh, and the like- corpse the-
0: pose? Mm-hmm. I'm good yeah, at that yeah. one. Shavasana. Shavasana. <laughs> just take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> but no, so anyway, I, I was going to say that if, if you know, you have to start somewhere, right? Yeah. So you know, my, my yoga story, I I actually, my, my best friend, the one who runs a farmer's market, ah. um, dragged me to a- Yoga class at the Whitewater Center. Yeah, uh, and it was ninety eight degrees, oh, and Jesus. I was high for three days after that. Like, <laughs> I was, was like runners high. I was like yoga, Ooh. and it really kind of was like, okay, now I need to get into this. Um, And I actually during the pandemic became a teacher. And uh, my business partner, Danielle, and I opened up uh, just this past year. And so we're right in West Charlotte uh, in a big building. There's a CrossFit place there too, but we're QC Yoga. And yeah, all levels, all types, anybody is welcome. And just, um, you know, reach out to us. We'd love to welcome you. Cool. And again, look look on our on our website because we do occasionally do wine. Yeah. And serve,
1: so I might need a private
2: class. I got an extra
0: mat, it's so okay. we'll make I it got happen. mats.
2: Okay. Like, All right. Well, someone who sounded like their
1: yoga was very far apart. I didn't know you had a mat. I went through a phase where I was like, you know what? I'm gonna try it. And then I was like, man, this hurts really bad. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I know what you're thinking. Where are the other sakes that are on the table? Why have we not tasted them yet? You're gonna have to wait till part two. So keep an eye out, and we'll see you soon on Amused Boosh. QueenCityPodcastNetwork dot com.